shit! We're doing it! Welcome to Tuesday Gaming. We are the Swiss Army Scorpion, bringing you an actual play podcast from Pathfinder. Playing a Pathfinder game, Pathfinder is a game that's very similar to D&D, but better. Some would argue that it's better, some would argue that it's not. That's neither here nor there. Those people are wrong. We're not here <laughs> to answer that question for them. So, what is what is Pathfinder? What is D&D? It's a tabletop RPG, and it's kind of a collaborative storytelling experience. Each player is going to roleplay a single character, which is meant to become stronger in any number of ways by leveling up as they overcome obstacles, defeat enemies, survive dangerous events. So then you got the DM, or the GM, depending on who you're talking to. Or what uh, game you're playing. They stand for Dungeon Master and Game Master, so they're basically the same thing. They control everything else, from the people and the adventures, the monsters they face, and even the weather and other nature variables. He's the narrator of the story, and the other player characters are the protagonists, the heroes. The publisher of Pathfinder, which is called Paizo, they've created a bunch of pre-generated campaigns called Adventure Paths, otherwise known as APs. So an AP takes a, char- takes a group of characters from first level through a multi-layered plot that levels them up to a, a much higher level. Depending on the AP you're playing, they might go up to 17, some go as low as 14. For those that have never played, the highest level for a player character is 20. Anything above 20, you are pretty much a god with the powers that you have achieved. Good point. 20 is typically the max level, but I mean, you have like homebrew campaigns that have nothing to do with Paizo, but they still use the rules for Pathfinder. So they can, you can take a, you can just have a single first level adventure. There's really no rules for that, but uh, we're going to be playing an AP called Skull and Shackles. Skull and Shackles is a pirate-themed AP. We picked this one because we think it's uh, pretty fun. Uh, it's a bit older, one of Paizo's earlier APs, but it's still fun. Why an AP instead of a homebrew game? No a- one asked you that. So, why do we play an AP instead of a homebrew, Alex? Thanks for that setup, Matt. An AP, uh, APs are great because they tend to be very balanced and organized. Uh, they're written by Paizo, who made Pathfinder, so they, they know what makes a balanced encounter, how to use their own rules to incorporate into a narrative. The DM's very unlikely to lead the players into a narrative dead end with an AP. They found the best nerds. And they paid the money to write adventure paths for Pathfinder. It's, it's, they're living the dream. They really are. And then, you know, with homebrew campaigns, I, I remember running uh, a homebrew campaign going, I don't know what the fuck to do, because <laughs> there's some obvious angle that I didn't think of that the players exploited, and then I, where are we now? <laughs> yeah, we got a bunch of exploiters in this group, by the way. Yeah. You guys are really true. good. <laughs> that is the one thing that I always tell the new GMs, the players will think of something that you didn't. It is a guarantee, it is an inevitability, it will happen. Too true. Uh, speaking of the DM... Uh, hi, my name's Alex, and I'm the DM, or the GM, doesn't really matter. Um, well, you it's Pathfinder, pick, it's the GM. Pick one now. DM is the Wizards of the Coast term for oh, D&D. I didn't really? know that. Yeah. Is that an actual distinction? Yeah, Wizards of the Coast uses DM for D&D, Paizo uses GM for Pathfinder. For dungeon game. Master, what Dungeons does the G stand and for? Dragons, Game Master. Master of the Game? Yes. <laughs> huh. That's a shame, I think DM kind of rolls off the tongue a little bit better. I'm the storyteller. I like, I like. Game I'm the storyteller. I'm God. <laughs> I don't like that one. Yeah. <laughs> that one scares me. <laughs> Whatever label you put on it, that's who I am. I am the quality technician for a betting manufacturing company. 
Uh, so I'm obviously very qualified to be the DM. That's true. I've seen his credentials, and uh, I know where he works. It's uh, They run a tight ship over there. I've been playing D&D and or Pathfinder for over ten years, and I've been DMing for over six years. I actually couldn't believe it was only six years, but I yeah. I ran that the numbers, and right. I was like, no, yeah. Is it really only six years? No. I know, right? Since the time I punched Dan in the balls. I wasn't DMing then. <laughs> Dan was DMing. <laughs> No, no, you were DMing, and Dan was, like, asking you a question if his character could do something, and you punch him in the balls. Can he buy experience? The answer was no. <laughs> the answer was a nut tap. He gained some experience that night. <laughs> we were all a little and, wiser. And we lost the books that we were borrowing to play D&D. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's me. Uh, now let's go around the, let's go around the circle and uh, introduce the other player characters. My name is Joe, and I like to party. What's your What's your occupation when you're not partying? Uh, analyst. And how long have you been gaming for, Joe? Since I punched Dan in the nuts. For the record, <laughs> that was a little over ten years ago. Uh, it feels Alex. longer than that. It feels longer. Than that. When you said right? six years, I was like, no. But even ten, it feels like it was longer than that. So tell us a little bit about your character, Joe. He's a guy. Well, he's not just any guy, but he is a guy with a helmet and. Then a mask. The masked helmet. Yes, and I see Axel is pointing to name. His name is the masked helmet. <laughs> okay, now, race, he is a human. <laughs> and his class slash archetype is fighter, and that's it. Because he's a... Oh, appearance, yes. He's a guy with a masked helmet. <laughs> he's wearing both a helmet and a mask at the same time. It goes head, helmet, mask over the helmet. And he's very good at stuff, especially fighting. <laughs> That's why he's a fighter. All right, so strength-based fighter. You're good at, at cleaving and bull rushing. Yes, All right. That's what I was saying. Great. Good. Well, well put, Joe. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. Hi there. I'm Nick. I will be playing Emmanuel. I'm a chef by trade. Been gaming for I don't know. What would you say? Like seven over, years. A little over ten, just like. Yeah. Well, because you were gaming before me. Was I? Yeah. Okay. I'd say maybe seven or eight years I've been gaming. Sure. Um, Emmanuel is a master musketeer using his rapid reload and steady aim feats combined with a precise shot. He's pretty formidable with his firearm. What is your race? Uh, Emmanuel is a human. You grew up in Port Peril, didn't you? Emmanuel did grow up in Port Peril. Had a family that he helped provide for with his skilled shooting ability uh, until he decided he needed to venture out on his own with a kind of a mentor of his out on a ship and kind of sailed around for a few years providing that way. Okay. Yeah, so that's Manny. So you're currently you're currently in Port Peril, uh, yes. just kind of screwing around the, the nightlife. Yeah, just enjoying a drink, hanging out. Uh, okay. What does your character look like other than being human? And uh, don't say he uh, has a mask and a helmet. I swear <laughs> to God, he rolled into the floor. That's my guy. Uh, Emmanuel's like pretty average of the road height, six feet, you know, about a buck eighty. Uh, brown hair. Right now, he's just kind of wearing some boots, you know, like a white kind of top. Doesn't really stand out as anything more than just the normal run of the mill average looking guy. All Blends right. in well with the crowd. Cool. And Tom. 
I'm Tom. I'm going to be playing Scram. I'm a teacher assistant uh, during the weekdays, and I am rock climbing guide during... Um, guide or God? Yes. A little like bit of both. You <laughs> uh, wanted to say God. I was going off bit. of Alex's uh, godliness, but uh, <laughs> yes, I am a guide. I am playing a character named Scram, and he is... Uh, he is actually a siege mage, uh, a very rare breed and not a very popular one at that. Axel, Alex, has... What's his, what's, his, what's his race? Oh, his race is a human. He's a human siege major. It's important we know everybody's race. I was gonna get to that. So far, they're all humans. Yes, we're very lame here. But uh, Alex has been so gracious as to change up my character a little bit, so that way it's a little bit more likable and so that the siege mage archetype is not useless exactly i've wanted to play a useless character since the beginning so tom you better not be useless (laughs) on top of that my character has blonde hair and he was born in hell's harbor he found himself at what's the name of the uh the bar that we were at the formidably made the formidably made after a very seedy situation that him and his brother got into my character is roughly 15 years old, 15 or 16 years old, and on top of that, he is around 5 foot 6, 5 foot 5, and very scrawny. So with that, I pass it off to Matt. Hello everyone, my name is Matt. I am a data entry specialist for the state of New York legislature. Nerd! You're damn straight. <laughs> Matt. How long have you been playing Pathfinder and D&D, and gaming in general? I have been, I started playing D&D back in high school, which, yeah, I think it was about 15 years ago now. That was just uh, some random friends kind of showing me how combat works, and then I really started getting back into a heavier campaign, uh, probably what, like seven years ago when we started Andrew's campaign? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually how Alex and I really got to become friends. We met at a writing class in college. But it wasn't until I invited him to our D&D group that I really got to know him. And the character that I am playing is known as Devoth Songcleaver. He is a half-orc. He is about 6'2", 6'3", 220 pounds. Just big, solid guy. He uh, used to work as a lumberjack and now sails around. He used to be a pirate hunter and was betrayed, so now he... Uh, He's looking for revenge. We'll just leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> He's looking for revenge and finds his way to the formidably made. He is a Scald, which, for those not familiar with the later on classes, is a kind of a hybrid mixture of both a barbarian and a bard, which seems like an odd mixture, but it makes for some fun times. Sort of Viking-ish. Yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of a Viking. He uh, makes other people very angry and more effective in a fight. <laughs> All right, so... So one one more thing to touch on before we really get into it. Even though this is an AP and not a homebrew game, I have established a small list of house rules that we'll be employing in this AP. Uh, real, uh, rookie, yeah, I'm going to interrupt you. Um, I'm going to be putting these house rules and all of our character sheets and backstories. Uh, they're going to be in a Google Drive account that we have set up that I will have. Uh, I will link to it on the subreddit, so you can head to reddit.com slash r slash swiss army scorpion and on the sidebar will be links to all of these on the drive account yeah so um they're mostly an effort to make character creation a little easier to realize certain concepts and that may that means uh 
eliminating some feet taxes. So a lot of feats that basically any build is going to take anyway, uh, like power attack or deadly aim or combat expertise or point blank shot. I don't or think was... I removed point blank shot. Oh, no, yeah, that's I think I made it not a prerequisite. Okay. But it's still a feat. Yeah, it's, it's feats that every character pretty much has to take anyway. And by getting rid of them, it allows characters to start specializing and being more diverse earlier. Yeah, and instead those feats are just abilities that you can use if you have a high enough ability score, which you will as long as that's the build you're going for. We also are using... Pathfinder made, made a, a book called Unchained, which is basically a book full of house rules that you can use if you want. Uh, <laughs> They're official house rules. Yeah, right? Uh, one, one of them is uh, background skills, and that lets you use... It gives you two extra skill points per level to put anywhere you want into a specific list of skills that are considered less adventure skills, like your profession skills, your, your craft skills, handle animal. Some knowledges. About half knowledges are regular skills and half are background skills. So you know, a, lot of, a lot of classes don't get a lot of skill points to play with. So, you know, your fighter's not going to waste a, a skill point in profession because you know there's some really important skills to invest in uh so what background skills lets you do is you know you can have your fighter have a background as an innkeeper if you want and you can put the background skills to reflect that uh there's a few other house rules but i can't think of them all right now they're all posted on the reddit page like matt said so with that uh, i guess let's get right into it you have all found yourself in port peril which is the thriving, chaotic metropolis, uh, capital city of the Shackles. Wait, Port Peril is a thriving city? It sounds like fucking doomsday. You bet your bottom dollar, it's thriving. All the cities in the Shackles here's, here's have the thing. these weird names like that. Uh, here's like the Hell thing. Harbor and Port Peril. <laughs> you, you remember when we used to play D&D, we didn't really know what we were doing, and Dan was the DM, and we went to that city filled with thieves, run by thieves, for thieves. Those yeah. were and heavy we were, days. And we were like, this would never work. This is, this is an entire nation. That's the Shackles. And this is the capital city of that nation. Oh, uh, okay. So I you mean, set basically, the stage with that description. Yeah. Because I heard Port Peril, and I was like, who the fuck is that one there? <laughs> so, I mean, it's... It works. It's run by, like, basically a dictator position who's, like, the Hurricane King. He's the king the king pirate. Mm-hmm. Uh, like and a Hurricane Katrina or... Uh, Harvey. <laughs> Harvey. Hur- the, hurric- Harvey. The Hurricane King. You you might know him as Harvey. But, yeah, it, I mean, law is more or less sec- secondhand. Yeah, it's okay. loosey-goosey there. But, I mean, it works. So, you found yourselves in Port Peril, specifically... Uh, you've decided to go to this seedy dive bar called the Formidably Made. Allow me to set the scene. It's not a very big bar, but it is very crowded. There's not a lot of breathing room. It's very hot. Everybody's sweating a lot, and the sweat is kind of like evaporating, condensing, and dripping down. It's a very humid little bar. Uh, in spite of that, very high atmosphere, very high energy. There's some live music being played. You see a, a halfling, halfling woman on the stage playing a fiddle and sitting a, maybe a little too close uh, as an observer is a gnome in a big... You guys can picture if, if Joe, basically any character Joe's ever made, 
He's got a, a big foppish purple hat, oh. an eye patch. He's got like a dandy cane, super flamboyant <laughs> clothes. This guy doesn't look like a pirate. He looks like somebody who thinks he knows what a pirate looks like. <laughs> okay. And that's how he's dressed. And he's... Uh, he looks like if Prince tried to dress as a pirate. There you go. And uh, he, so he's sitting very close to the halfling playing the fiddle. And every once in a while he sends her a little wink. Oh. And, he, and he applauds entirely too loud. When she finishes a song, she keeps rolling her eyes. There's a young woman dancing to the music. She's kind of, just kind of doing her own thing. And the rest of the, the, the bar is quite crowded. In, in the back, where there's actually a little bit of breathing room, there's a, there's a man with a, a red bandana wrapped around his head, and he's quietly sipping some alcohol, keeping to himself. And just then, as the most recent fiddle jig song ends, you hear a man say, mm-hmm, a, new, a new round of rum for everyone. <laughs> and a very scrawny man in a, in a leather coat uh, throws some gold at the bartender, and everyone erupts in applause. Yeah! <laughs> and the bartender starts pouring drinks for everybody. And I will now let you all introduce yourselves into the scene. All right. Oh, well, it's a total sausage fest in here. Pretty sure two fifths of the people I just described were women. Well, there's two women in a bar that were shoulder to shoulder in. <laughs> Sounds like a sausage fest to me. <laughs> well, what are you going to do about it? I don't know. I don't mind the people so much. Uh, yeah, I'm not anywhere near you guys, so you guys can do your own thing. I'm yeah. just loving the sweat in the corner. <laughs> As the masked helmet is one to do. I'm sure I'm sure that helmet breathes real right well. <laughs> I am always wearing the mask and the helmet. I'm the fucking masked helmet. Yeah, I think so. Well, I am probably hanging out around the bar. I would imagine I've got a decent crowd around me. And I am just regaling them with stories of my heroic days when I fought pirates. Ooh. Oh. Okay, yeah. You've got a couple people really engrossed in your stories. Port Peril has no shortage of uh, dastardly tales of piracy and heroics and the such. So uh, you're not exactly this exotic swashbuckler to them, but you certainly have a flair for, for telling these stories, especially since, unlike most such stories, these are true. Ish. Ish. I'm... <laughs> Uh, of course, no pirate story would be complete without a little bit of uh, exaggeration. I guess besides staying away from everybody and not furthering the plot, what are you three doing? Um, <laughs> I just wanted to introduce myself as a loner in the corner, and it's sweaty and there's people, you know. I'm still getting my bearings here. That so. makes for a great character in a party, a loner that hides in the corner. Well, I'm seeing you over there now that you've described yourself, and I'm loving what's going on, so <laughs> I think I might have to muster up the courage to talk to such a mountain of a man. I'll stop you right there. Let's try and figure out, because I don't want to call you Masked Helmet every oh, single mask. time. Mask? Helm- or Helmet. <laughs> Sir Helmet. Hey, Helmet. I'll stop you right Helm- there, Helmet. Helmeroni. Hey, Helmy. I'll stop you right there, Helmet. You, you hear this half-orc boasting about his stories, and you're tempted to go get a, a better look. And when uh, the man in the red bandana, you're about to pass him, and he gives you a look, and he says, Aren't you hot in that helmet? I'm always hot in this helmet. Why don't you take it off? I can't. 
and I walk away. Okay. <laughs> you, leave, you leave him scratching his bandana. Wondering if it's too heavy to take off. <laughs> no. Probably. Stop it. The weight of Boom. this helmet Boom. is too much. It is mine to bear. That's what we call the real slow play on that one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 15 years later, you slam in the... Yep. Boom. Yep. Joe, master role player. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. You planned this. We were 12, didn't you? I know. Finally, it came true. (laughs) I'm probably uh, hiding somewhere in the crowd, so uh, listening to his uh, stories. Okay. Relaxing. You see the man who bought everybody around... He's, he's got a couple gold teeth and very scraggly facial hair. He gets uh, an extra pitcher from the, an extra pint from the bar, and he goes over to the young lady who's dancing, and he kind of looks at her like, ah, oh, you, you, you want some of this? Gesturing to the, to the beer. And she kind of uh, coaxes him over, and when he gets close enough, she, uh, she grabs the beer, and then she kind of pulls his belt out, and his trousers fall down. Oh. And he's very embarrassed, and she kind of giggles as she prances away with her with her beer. Should have playfully, albeit tactlessly, shooting him down. Does this is this like a spectacle that everyone notices, or is this yes, more or less like do I notice this like mid story? I'd say so. All right, I'm gonna cut myself off mid sentence. Go, <laughs> such a little wiener. <laughs> Shots fired. Oh. Little wiener on the little man. Wait, is he the guy that he's the guy that just paid for everybody, right? Yeah. Nope. And he, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> he, he hastily uh, bends over, picks up his trousers, and he refastens them, and he looks around. He's very red in the face, and <laughs> he kind of skulks off for now. I try to... Uh, I actually follow him. I I follow him as well. I go back to my story. So, then I was surrounded by a hundred men. Nowhere to go. So, Scram and Helmet go and follow this scrawny man who... Uh, retreats back to the bar. He's at, like, the other end of the bar as Devoth. I don't want to actually, like, converse with him, mm-hmm. but I do want to get close enough so where he can hear, he can hear what I'm going to say to him. Okay. And I want to tap my helmet and say, uh, they wouldn't know who you were if you wore a helmet. And then go back to what I was doing before with the story man. <laughs> I just want to implant in his mind that maybe wearing a helmet for the rest of his life is a viable career path. So, is your character's end goal to get everybody to wear helmets? <laughs> I'm not saying that it is my end goal, but it could be a, in the realm of it could goal be one of many. Angles. Everyone is equal when you can't see their face. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, as you as you turn away, the you hear the man go. Mm-hmm, we'll, see, we'll see who's laughing when I'm done with her. <laughs> I actually confront him. I say. Do you want me to buy you a drink? Mm-hmm, no thanks. I've I've got all the drinks I need. Do you need another drink? What's your name? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Scram. I'm just here with a couple of other mates. They're over on the other side. Who are you with? I'm not here with anyone. I'm just enjoying the sights of poor Peril. <laughs> yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah, I, I know. I particularly enjoy these little bars. It's Good to meet new people. <laughs> this guy's skeevy yeah. as hell. Yeah. Uh, can I can I like sense motive here? Because like, sure. He seems a little bit too. I can never remember what sense motive does. I know it doesn't tell. It's just like you I'll like him you or don't show. like him. Yeah, it's in the name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a six. A six, huh? Yeah. 
I've been uh, at the far end of the bar with my feet up on the bar. The stool leaned back on the back two legs, just kind of keeping an eye on the girls without actually looking at them. That must be tough. Perving out. <laughs> Not when you know what you're doing. <laughs> this man seems to be, uh, he seems like he's telling the truth. He seems like his motives are in place. Well, you seem like a very friendly person. I hope that your night goes better, and I kind of meander off. Oh, I'm sure it will. <laughs> oh, and I don't want the drink. Okay. You ungrateful bastard. Yeah, so what's going on in the cool side of the room? I'm regaling everyone with stories of when I single-handedly took out an entire ship full of pirates. I'm listening. Super intent. I'm into yeah. it. I'm try- I try to get you to notice me, senpai. <laughs> <laughs> I probably don't... Well, I probably don't give you more than a second glance. Like, I'm a guy wearing a yeah, like mask the, the guy wearing the, the mask way. and helmet would warrant a second <laughs> glance, but you're not who I'm telling the story for. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> That's been my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> then tell your story, friend. If you want people to know it, you must tell it. I Everyone, sh- you you kind of hear like like a, a half dozen like scooching sounds as everybody gets their benches a little closer to you and leans in. <laughs> oh, uh. Hey everyone, I'm Mast Helmet, and uh... Of course you are! You might have heard me, but probably not. And any hoozles, I'm just here looking for some work. Um, you know, a guy like me can really put in some good work, I've always said. Thank you. Ha! Good work. Me and Chip here, I point to the axe on my back, we always do good work. His axe has a name. (laughs) It's like a big lumberjack axe. Over my shoulder. That's pretty badass. I don't have any weapons, just a mask and a helmet. As it should be with a name like that. You all see the scrawny man. He kind of like steals himself for a second, gets up, and he makes a beeline for the young lady who's still dancing. Her glass is now half empty. He gets right up next to her and he kind of forces himself on her in a do, very... Do I notice this again? Oh, sure. Oh. <laughs> the little man doesn't know when to give up! Oh, this is great! A uh, little man. You hear him saying, one way or another, you're going to be mine. <laughs> and she kind of fights him off for a, a couple seconds and then <laughs> slaps him hard in the face. And up until now, she's just been having the time of her life, not really caring that a creepy guy's been hitting on her, but now she's like, like stark contrast, like totally pissed off at this guy. And she says, you wouldn't have me if you were the last man in the world. And she storms off to the ladies' room. Because I imagine those exist in more <laughs> peril. It's a classy place. Except <laughs> for this guy. This turd of a man. Sounds like the masked helmet's going to have to do something about this. Unless someone else does first, which would be my preference. <laughs> <laughs> Putting in that good work. <laughs> Alright. I'll go up to the guy after the girl walks away. Mm-hmm. He's kind of massaging his, his cheek and he's looking around like he's daring someone to say something to him. Oh, and I'll, he sees you coming. I kinda, walk right up to him. He kind of like... You said he's like a gnome, right? Or something like that, right? No, he's a human. Oh, oh is he? Okay. He is... There's a gnome watching the the fiddle playing. Oh, okay. I was, getting confused. okay. I was getting confused. Uh, he It'd be sees funnier you. if he was a giant. <laughs> like, oh, no, by the way, he's gargantuan. <laughs> I'm calling him little I man. I right a, up to him. I'm okay. calling him a little man with a tiny dick. <laughs> His dick's a bit taller than you are. <laughs> uh, so he sees you coming, and he kind of... He kind of like braces himself a little bit. I walk right up to him. I get... Probably a little closer than I should for 
civil conversation. And I go, uh, I think the lady sent you a message. It's time for you to leave. Uh, I've been eyeballing this stud all night, so I'm going to be trying to pay attention to what he's talking to their conversation. Uh-huh. I'm like in on this from afar, just to let you know. This is the same guy that bought us drinks, right? Yeah. Okay. I was gonna, like, I appreciate the drink, friend, but I think it's time for you to go. He looks at you and he says, mm, I can't leave yet. <laughs> I still have a lot of work to do. <laughs> well, and I'll just stop you right there. That's when you all wake up. What? Hair? I was so handsome uh, in my dream. Uh, <sighs> it was just a dream? Uh, I used to read Word Up magazine. <laughs> Hold on a second. You remember the night before? Rain laughter of a wild night, the heady joy of excess, the sense of rich stewed meat and perfume, the moist, sweaty air. Mmm, moist air. Rusty. But those memories are quickly replaced by a pounding headache, the sickly taste of cheap wine in your mouth, a hard floor, a rhythmic creaking noise. It feels like the room is swaying if you're still drunk. Ugh, Except ugh. for you, Scram. You feel like you got your face pounded in. Whoa, dude, what happened to your Whoa. face? Ow. Ugh. Do I remember anything that happened, or am I completely like... You remember getting jumped from behind. Oh, man. Ugh. Ugh. How much Where... did I drink last night? Where are we? Not as much as this guy. <laughs> drink so much as... Got... Oh, black and blue eyes. They could have just asked me to take the drink. Oh, that is a glorious bruise, my friend. I feel it. Uh, I would hope so. Real quick, are we all waking up together? Yes. <laughs> Sleeping together? Or what is your arrangement here? You, I don't really like it. Clearly we've been drugged. You look around and you're in a dark room with a hard wooden floor. It's quite a big room. Uh, there's there's barrels and crates scattered about. <laughs> you you didn't wake up in bed with anybody. Okay. Um, my first thought, I immediately reach behind me to look for my yeah, axe. I would immediately be searching for my musket. That's when you all realize that none of you have any of your equipment. Uh, Am I close? You ask and the helmet, correct? I swear I fucking glued that shit to my face. And then my back my helmet. Yeah, they took it off you and realized how much it smelled and just put it back. Ow. You will, you will, you are immediately relieved to see that your helmet is still on. And but mask. upon closer inspection, your mask is nowhere to be seen. That's impossible. I'm the masked helmet. For I now, want to recount. For now, you're only the helmet. Oh my god. Oh, what is this cop? They they take my axe and they leave this shithead with his helmet? <laughs> it's who I am. Just then, there's a loud bang, and you're all the room is flooded with bright light, and it, as a door opens, a familiar scrawny looking man enters the room with six other people that you don't recognize, all armed with saps. Ooh. Uh, except the scrawny man has a long threatening whip. And he cracks it in the air to get your attention. You all straighten up. And he goes, <laughs> still a bed with the sun over the yard arm. On your feet, you filthy swabs. <laughs> get up on deck and report for duty before Captain Harrigan flays your flesh into sausage skins and has fish guts fry up for breakfast. 
and he cracks the whip again. Can I sense motive again? <laughs> you go, you go right ahead, good. Scram. I just quit differently. What did you do, you son of a bitch? Uh, hey, wh- where's 19. my mask, buddy? Nineteen. What what exactly are you sensing, Scram? I guess I'm trying to piece together his uh, <laughs> motives from his motives uh, yesterday and, and uh, now into today. I think I'm trying to get a sense of who he actually is. You're no stranger to being press ganged. This is exactly what happened. You've been shanghaied, you've been kidnapped, essentially, and put on a pirate ship against your will. Oh. So. I'm not happy about it. uh, Some of you had some objections. Just, uh... Where's my musket? My mask! Say my axe. Yeah! That's awesome. Alright. You can tell we're ready to go. That's our opener. It had to be done. Hey Joe, what's your uh what's your uh touch it what's your what's your AC minus your armor? So your touch AC? Yeah. <laughs> Thirteen Bob. Uh you say, Where's my helmet? And the scrawny man winds back and he whoosh, gets you with his whip and you take three points of non lethal damage. He says, no more questions, everybody up above deck, right now. (laughs) Scram actually cringes uh, the moment the whip is cracked. And you see the other other men gritting their teeth in a a bloodthirsty grin, almost daring you guys to continue to resist. And they're coddling their cudgels in their crusty claws. Yeah, I said it. (laughs) (laughs) I will comply, but it is painfully obvious that I am... Not doing so willingly. Stomp my feet, trudging up, like, just grumbling, like, stupid sons of bitches took my axe, bastard motherfuckers. So, you are led up a set of wooden stairs, and as you are... Can I make a perception check to keep an eye out for my musket? Yes. In fact, everybody make perception checks, please. Except for Tom. Thirteen... Fourteen. I win. Oh, I don't know about that there, sir. Twenty-three! Alright. Manny, no sign of your musket, but you do all notice, you you all discern the aftertaste of oily nutmeg on your tongue. You can all either make a craft alchemy or knowledge nature check. Can I make a flat intelligence check? Yes, you can. So that's a seventeen. Seventeen. Fourteen. Sixteen. Uh, you all know that this is a clear sign of oil of Taggett poisoning. You all remember indulging in either spicy food or spicy rum last night. And uh, you know that the spiciness hides the taste of Taggett oil. And Taggett oil, you know, is a drug that knocks you unconscious. It's basically Pathfinder's your date rate. You said it. So that would explain your hyper hangovers, essentially, and would also explain how you have no memory of winding up here and where is here you might ask yourselves well sounds like you reach the the top of the stairs and as you as you exit the hold you're blinded by the bright light Ah! oh right through the mask i mean the helmet (laughs) if only you had your mask (laughs) and as your eyes adjust you come to realize that you're on a pirate ship in the middle of the ocean What? Oh, shit. What am I looking at? <laughs> this is blowing my mind. 
So anybody who's not looking at this should so, be looking at this. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so real quick, hold on. I need yeah. a, I need a picture of this. So I gotta I gotta gush over this for a second. This is made out of printed out cardstock and foam core. If you look closely, you'll see miniatures actually on the back of the ship. Yep. Oh, nice. Yeah. And yeah. in case the microphone yeah. didn't pick that up, Alex has actually <clears throat> placed miniatures for our characters on the ship itself. Have you actually? place miniatures for our characters or those NPCs? So you guys can obviously we have a small collection of miniatures that you guys can pick from if you want to customize your miniatures. But for now, you and you're just noticing now, four other people are with you and you're in that small cluster right there. So, back to me gushing. (laughs) This thing took me no less than 50 man hours to finish. Oh my good god. Lord. Oh my big, god. big, and, and it's not finished yet. You'll notice that there's an empty mast hole right there and right there. So there's actually two more masts. I didn't have enough transparency paper, and that's what the rigging is, oh. uh, for the rat lines to finish the last two masts. So I figured the one looks fine for now. This is uh, badass. That, that looks a, fantastic. Yeah. Gives you a lot of area to actually see. Oh my gosh. Like and Alex it's it the the deck yeah. is gridded. It's actually yeah. made for miniatures in D&D. Big big huge shout out to our good friend Skaven Joe oh, for helping Skaven me Joe. put he's, this together in a, a timely fashion. Total boss. Uh, nice. Let that serve as a quick reminder for anyone listening. You can uh, check out all of our character sheets and character backstories i have uploaded them to a google drive account which is linked to on the subreddit r slash swiss army scorpion did you do mine as well because it's unfinished no i haven't done yours yet i gotta get it after this to put it up there and but for recording purposes i'm just telling people it's there anyone anyone Thanks who anyone who it uh logs on and likes this ship it's actually called Maiden of the High Seas, and it's by a company called WorldWorks Games, I believe. Uh, they make a lot of terrain and structure uh, products like this for gaming. Uh, and this pirate ship just fucking blew me away. I knew I had to, to make it for this because we're going to be spending almost the entire campaign on a pirate ship. Allow me to show you the coolest part. There's a cool. Oh There's a cooler part. part other than the giant ship. I'm glad everybody appreciates appreciates it as much. Well as done, well done. I hoped you would. And just a, well just a done. warning: if anyone breaks this, you're gonna eat a fucking bowl of spider webs. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bull claim. Where are you gonna actually accumulate a bowl's hey, worth? He built of this webs. ship. He can find a bowl of spider webs. <laughs> yeah, he just puts a bowl in the corner of his room and waits for a week. <laughs> <laughs> what do <are> you? <laughs> I was going to say there's plenty on the steps outside, but wow! I'm trapping them is probably apparently I have a be. massive spider problem. Okay, so so you're brought out. You're in a you're in a small group, all clustered around the main mast, and the man with the whip standing right here, and he's got some of his cronies around him. And you will notice two figures up on the stern castle. One is. A man with a completely shaven head except for a long black ponytail. And he scowls at you all. The look he gives you, you're sure that your life means absolutely nothing to him. The feeling is mutual. The other man is a dark-skinned, very large, intimidating man. I guess picture, uh, you know the black pirate with the dreadlocks in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie? Mm. 
under uh, Barnabas Harrigan, who's like, like no, the- no more, no more chances. This time we spill all her blood. Oh yeah, just yeah, yeah. in case. Yep, yeah, that guy. Uh, he looks like that. He uh, he he spreads his his arms casually, maybe a little lazily, and he his voice booms across the deck, and he says, "Glad you could join us at last. Welcome to the Wormwood. My thanks for volunteering to join my crew. I'm Barnabas Harrigan." That's Captain Barnabas Harrigan to you. Not that you'll ever need to address me. I have only one rule. Don't speak to me. I like talk, but I don't like your talk. Follow that rule, and we'll all get along fine. How the hell am I supposed to answer this guy if he asks me a question? Don't ask him a question or look at him or whatever what he just said. What if he asks me a question? Oh, and one and more thing. respond to him? Even with you new recruits, we're still short-handed. And I aim to keep what crew I have. There'll be a keel hauling for anyone caught killing anyone. Mr. Plug, if you'd be so kind as to make pirates out of these landlubbers, it'll save me having to put them in the sweat box for a year and a day before I make pies out of them. And then he chuckles to himself as he uh, steps back towards the steering wheel out of your sight. And Mr. with Plug. that... More like Mr. Buttplug. <laughs> with that, the man <clears throat> with the long ponytail slowly makes his way around the stern castle and down the stairs, and he joins the man with the long cloak, with the long coat. Oh. Okay, so Plug is the guy, the bald guy with the ponytail. Yeah. We haven't gotten the name of the creepy guy yet, right? No, you haven't. Okay. I'm gonna go ahead and raise my hand. The scrawny man says, what? It sounds like we're, like, slaves now, and that's not really my preferred thing, but I heard that we're short on men... And I have a lot of potential for a guy with a helmet on his head. And also I had a mask. If you could give me that back, I think I could be the best that I could be. Sir! Uh, You catch on pretty fast. (laughs) I wouldn't call you a slave, per se. Per se? Have somewhere to work under my own At that point, Mr. Plug reaches you and he looks over all of you. I stand up straighter. I I adjust my helmet. He, his his uh, glare rests on helmet. He says, "What's with the helmet? You retarded." Um, <laughs> yes, sir. We need a rigger. First one who can climb the rat line up to the crow's nest. I already nest. I already started on it before he says where to. You hear the crack of a whip. <laughs> and he says, "I didn't say start yet." Oh. First oh, one line again. <laughs> first one to get to the crow's nest is a rigger. Go. I go. So, uh, you all need to make climb checks, please. Oh, I think I'm gonna climb. Oh god. Climb on a ship. Oh yeah. Natural twenty. <laughs> Two. <laughs> uh, nine. Never been so excited to roll. That never happens to me. Sorry, ten. <laughs> also, it would 17. be for a climb check and not for a damage roll or attack roll mm, or yeah. healing roll or I- anything that actually is gonna saving help. Saving throw. What's your climb Knock check, Scram? Seventeen to be the rigger now. The only time you roll a good climb check is this first one. <laughs> Spend the rest of the game having to do that. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, just give me like five more climb checks, each of you. Real quick though, um, I rolled that twenty, and my yeah. climb Wait, is do I four. Remember so I- this? Matt, so twenty-five, nineteen, twenty-five, uh, seventeen, and twenty-one. Joe. <laughs> uh, 13 Oh, 21 
No. Seven. <laughs> Seven again. Oh, 21 again. Nick. Two. Thirteen. Two. Seventeen. Thirteen. Scram. Three. Nine. Eleven. Twenty. Nineteen. Now, real quick, for those of us that don't have actual nautical knowledge, what does a rigger do on a ship? That's a good question, Matt. Uh, a rigger, the, basically, uh, now there, there, it could be a more nuanced spread of tasks on a ship, but the way Skull and Shackles breaks it down, there's two general roles, a swab and a rigger. A swab is responsible for keeping the deck clean and tidy, and like hauling rope, stuff like that. A rigger's job is basically maintaining the sails, uh, ba- like adjusting everything above deck. Uh, it's typically considered easier, but it's more dangerous because you have the risk of falling. Swab is much more backbreaking, but you're relatively safe. Okay. So, let me just break this down. So, Devoth slips on his first attempt to climb up the rigging maybe a little too anxious, he gets his foot stuck in, in between some ropes, but then he cruises up. Helmet uh, gets an early lead, fumbles a little bit towards the end, but is still in pretty good shape. Manny doesn't make much ground, but he he's about halfway up at this point. The same can be said about Scram. So, Devoth, you're five feet from your destination. Helmet, okay. you are ten, and... The other two are 20. So, each of you give me another climb check. This is where I steal it. 12. 16. 1. 9. Nick, give me a reflex save. 11. Okay. So, on your last attempt, you actually slip and let go of the netting, but you're able to catch yourself before you really take any damage. Uh, With that, Devoth reaches the crow's nest with helmet hot on his heels, but <laughs> that's the end of that. And once you all get back down to the main deck, Mr. Plug says, congratulations, you're a rigger. Then he looks at the rest and he says, which one of you is the best cook? I raise my hand. <laughs> Who's the rigger? Devoth. Devoth. Just, just Devoth? Yep. I got there first. And I'm, I'm not a sore loser either. He, he earned that. He was a fierce competitor. <laughs> I'm just happy to be uh, nominated. Do you respond, Scram? I do not. <laughs> Manny? No, it sounds like Helmet wants to be the cook. Alright. So. He says, alright. Actually, you're the you're the cook's new assistant. Oh, that's not the position you want to be in a kitchen. I was hoping, <laughs> speaking as the chef here, you want to be the cook, never the assistant. Um, I, just, I was hoping to be the cook, actually. I'm very experienced, and I think I can do the job. You're the cook's assistant. Okay, well, I'll start at the bottom, if you say so. He... Don't worry, scram. Helmet. You'll make a great assistant. You're already a bitch anyways. Well, thank you, thank you. Wow. Such, an, such animosity. Oh, God. I'm just stating facts. Nick, you. I like you. What's your name? Emmanuel. Emmanuel. I call you Manny. I like you. Size of you, you can call me whatever you want. <laughs> Mr. Plug looks at Scram and Manny and... The other four people who, now that you're more about your senses, are very familiar to you. You see the young lady who is dancing. You see the man in the red bandana. You see the halfling fiddler. And you see, most out of place, the gnome with the giant, uh, who had the giant purple foppish hat. And he looks, so he looks at the rest of you and he says, 
The rest of you are suaves. Because you're basic. <laughs> uh, can I, uh, can I chime in for a second? Are you asking permission? Yeah. He says, no. <laughs> Classic. And then, he, and then he turns to Helm and he says, go down below deck. Report to fish guts. Yes, sir. I hustle off. Hey, Helmet. Remember who your friends are. Give us a little extra slop at dinner time. Well, well, that's the cook's job, not mine. I'm no, just no, the, the assistant's the one that oh. plates the food. You're okay. not going to cook well, the food. I'll, I'll try my best. A extra. Give it my all. So, you are now members of the Wormwood. Feels good. Feels good to have a job. I'm not I'm not being paid yet, but I think I can really make something happen to this Wormwood. That's good. I'm glad, I'm glad that you're excited. Not a lot of opportunities out there for a guy with a helmet and a mask. Although I don't have that right now, apparently. Some masked helmet you are. He's just got, like, the part that's showing is just tan, except for the white part around his eyes. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, then Mr. Plug doles out the, the tasks for today. And by the way, while this, all this has been happening, you may or may not have noticed that there's other members of the crew just kind of, just kind of at semi-attention watching you guys getting divvied into your different roles. Uh, some of them are up in the rigging, state bet that they're riggers. You know, one guy's like leaning on a on a mop stick, etc. I don't know what he's doing up there with, with a mop. So Mr. Plug turns to Devoth. He says, you're doing rope work today. So uh, that means you'll be handling the ship's ropes, including coiling them, stowing them, securing them to cleats and single and double bollards. That's, that's rigger's work? Yeah. Okay. So, generic rope work. I. He turns to Scram, and he kind of grins maliciously. Uh-oh. He says, you're manning the bilges. I'm manning the what? The bilges. You, you know what the you, bilges are. You know from you your experience. long enough. Bilges are, it's vile and sweaty work, cleaning out the, the bilges of a ship. The bilges, like the front, uh, the lower yeah. front end of the ship where seawater just kind of is soaked in through the wood. Yeah, it's just an eventuality for all ships of that era. And there's like a a pump. Uh, otherwise, the ship's just gonna sink. Yeah. So, Mister Plug tells you all where to go. With this part of the adventure, uh, you're gonna be spending a lot of time on this pirate ship, um, and most of your time is gonna be spent doing your daily tasks. So, it would basically take forever to roleplay everything out. Uh, and it would become very tedious and be- not good radio. Right. So uh, so what so what we're going to do is quantify a day's work with one, maybe two skill checks and maybe a, like an ability check. And that'll that's just kind of like a loose interpretation of how well you did your job. Now if we want to roleplay our entire job because we think we'd make a great cook's assistant You'll have you'll have your opportunities to role play. So basically, you get one daily ship action, and you get one nighttime ship action, and you can take up to three nighttime actions based on what the action is. But if you do, you need to make a Constitution check uh, or be fatigued the next day. So basically, most of your time is going to be spent doing work, but you can do some other stuff. And we will roleplay those things, but there's a very limited amount of things that you can do. So for the first day, I'm going to kind of direct you guys to what you're going to do. I'm not going to give you total free reign yet, just so you can get your chops up and uh, get familiar with the routine and everything. Matt. Yes, sir. 
Give me climb check. <laughs> Seven. Okay. And give me a profession sailor or dexterity check. Profession sailor it is. Nineteen. That wasn't a stellar climb check, so give me an acrobatics check. It's a twenty-seven, Bob. Wow. Okay. That's a net twenty on the acrobatics. It's a net twenty with ranks and no armor. Hell yes. (laughs) At one point during your day, you fall out of the rigging. Okay. Uh, You manage to maneuver yourself midair so you don't fall on your neck, but you're still falling from about thirty feet up. Okay. So. the first 10 feet is non-lethal damage. The next 20 will be lethal damage. Okay. So you take 5 non-lethal damage. Ow! And that's even with an awesome acrobatics check? Yeah, the acrobatics check was to turn the first 10 feet into non-lethal. Oh, jeez. And you take 8 lethal damage. So I'm unconscious. <laughs> Dead on the first no, 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 not unconscious. I have 2 health and 5 non-lethal damage, so I just get knocked out. All right, so so you are unconscious. We'll get to you in a minute. <laughs> you know what they say: the bigger they are, the harder they fall. I've heard that. And I'm a big guy. How big are you? Uh, like six two, two hundred twenty pounds. In the air, okay. Mr. Butt Plug, big and green. <laughs> I think we need a new rigger. Do you call him Mr. Butt Plug? Sure. Oh, shit. oh my god! It got ruined. Which reminds me, your task actually hasn't been assigned to you yet. Uh-oh. Uh, we'll retroactively... I think it just did get assigned. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just retroactively make that roll. Your task, before that untimely uh, plummet, is to do repairs. Things like on the hole in the deck that he just made? <laughs> <laughs> I'll start with that. Uh, no, repairs on him. Oh, yeah. Uh, things constantly tear or break aboard the ship, any repairs, whether sewing sails or splicing rope all day, or cutting out the broken floorboards when the giant half-orc falls 30 feet. <laughs> uh, so, well, I'd like you to give me a profession sailor or dexterity check. I'll give you a dexterity, because I don't think I have a profession sailor. 17, Bob. Alright. Scram, you're in the bilges. Give me a Strength check. Two. <laughs> Scram thinking about what I said to him? <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly what Scram... Uh, Put the scrawniest guy on the yeah, bench. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, stupidest uh, idea. <laughs> I'm so happy with how this is work, working out. <laughs> Matt, you you passed your other check, right? Which one? Uh, your profession sailor check. I got a 19. I was reading the wrong task. You actually didn't need to make a climb check today. Oh, good. So, oh, but we should leave it like that. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not unconscious? He just winks out of existence real quick, falls 30 feet, lands on the deck. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll give you a pass today. Boo. Did I, did I not Boo. have to make a strength check? Oh, no, you still had to make a strength <laughs> you check. You totally had to make a strength check. You're Tom. still Tom. <laughs> uh... So, alright, don't get me wrong here. Scram is, like, trying really hard, but not working. Like, hey, in the future you might get something good, though. Like, he's, like, jumping up and down to, like, (laughs) maneuver that pump. So, Helmet, you make your way down to the kitchens. Mm -hmm. And you are met by a large, some would say fat, 
man who's got rotted looking teeth, a very greasy skin. Just put a helmet on. He's got. <laughs> <laughs> he's Should've put a helmet on. Smoking it. a cigarette. Mm. He's got a. He's got like a like a poor substitute for a chef's hat and an apron. Okay. Uh, just covered in red. Oh. And the when you walk into the kitchen, it is completely cluttered. Mm. It is like it's a lot like a hoarder's house on the show hoarders mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a there's a chicken flying around loose somewhere making a ruckus oh boy <laughs> what do you do i introduce myself hello sir mm. i'm the masked helmet and i'm here to be your assistant you look like you're missing your mask i am indeed missing my mask and in fact i'm looking for it if you know where it is or if it turns up anywhere but 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 I know a thing or two about a thing or two, and I'm an excellent helper, so I'll be helping you, Mr. Croup. Mr. Croup. Fishguts Croup. Mr. Fishguts Croup. So what are you doing on this ship? I enlisted. That wasn't a very good idea. (laughs) It's poison, this ship. Don't let anyone hear you say it aloud. Poison in the kitchen? I don't think so. He pulls you in real close. The hull listens, see? The captain hears it all. Well, good thing I'm an excellent sailor. Poison the wormwood is, though, rotten to the core. You'll not meet a more nasty, sour piece of work than Captain Harrigan and all your days at sea. I'm not supposed to meet him, which is the good news. Well, his crew's the same. Especially the first mate, Mr. Plug. Oh. Vicious little sod he is. He'd take his own mother's liver to the butcher to make pies with you. Now, is he in charge of promotions, or... What's the pecking order around here? Because I want to make sure I fall right into place. Don't you worry about promotions. You just get yourself comfortable where you are now. I'll keep you safe as I can. They leave me alone, mostly. They know I can't harm them. I appreciate it super much. Thank you so much. This is an honor, really, to be serving with you. Oh, you you can stop all that bullshit now. Well, I do mean it. I know you're rough and tumble, but I'll I'll find the bright side of you yet, I think. I lost my bright side in the bottom of a mug years ago, I, but I appreciate <laughs> your positive thinking. All right. I wouldn't hold out very long. Well, now that I'm down here, what can I do? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, don't worry about cooking. <laughs> Why don't you just pull up a chair and he hands you a bottle of grog? Oh, I got some more stories to tell. Sweet. I happily oblige. Okay. So, basically, your your ship action is called Bull Session. Nice. You basically spend the day drinking with Croup, listening to his stories. Fucking awesome. Oh my god. <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted to do. <laughs> guy in a helmet can't be a rigger. He's not cut out for it. <laughs> Alright, so, Scram. That's me. You're in the you're you in the bilges, and it is immediately apparent you that you got the worst possible job. You're trying to pump this water, and after like five minutes, like your shoulders feel like they're on fire. You're out of breath. You're, oh, and uh, you look around, and you actually see a man in like the back end of the bilges, and he's uh, and he's like chained to a post. He says, "Hey, I d- I didn't see you over there." What are you doing down here? I was just uh, chained to this post right here on the count of uh, theft. Uh, sorry you got caught? Yeah, me too. It's my second offense. 
But I've gotten out of worse. I'm kidding. They're probably going to kill me. I like this guy. I'll cut you a deal, though. I'm starting uh, to like he, him, too. And he kind of, like, he tries to, like, scoot closer to you, but he's just chained to the wall. He can't move. And he kind of gestures for you to come closer. <laughs> How's that look? He just kind of, like, you see him, he like, just jerk. writhing. You see him, like, well, he's, like, he's like jerking in Scram's direction. And, he looks like but, he's like, having a seizure, basically. <laughs> he Probably throw he looks like he wants you to get closer, but he could be having a seizure. Yeah. <laughs> it's up to you uh, to Sense motive. <laughs> okay. He's definitely having a seizure. Eight. He seems like he just wants you to, to get closer. He doesn't want it. He doesn't want to be overheard. Uh, is the pump portable? No. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, wireless. <laughs> what, what do you want? Uh, and I stay at the pump, because I, and I wince at the idea of, like, being wet. Alright, he says, he says alright, well, yeah. Looks around, even though there's no one else in the in the villages right now, and he goes, "I got a secret, and if you can help me out of this, Mister Plug, he's got the keys to my to my shackles here. If you kill him, and get his key, then together and kill the captain, take over the ship." So really he, wish I didn't fail that sense motive. I know uh, the location uh, of a great treasure, but I'm not saying anything else until you get me out of here. No coaxing will get any more info out of me, no sir. Yeah, I start taking off his pants. Uh, no. Oh my god. <laughs> he, go, he goes, oh, it's usually the other way around, but all right. Uh, Describe in detail how you do it, Tom. I guess Scram likes to party, too. I want I want several descriptors on the taste. I'm guessing Salty is one of them. Ooh. Yeah, he's been marinating in bilge yeah. water for like a day and a half. Reeks down there. Moldy. <laughs> Uh, uh, right, nice. This guy just just pitched you a pretty crazy <laughs> idea. Uh, I'm. I think I'm gonna have to sleep on this for the night, and uh, I obviously continue on my way. I don't mind keeping small conversation, but uh, I keep it in the back of my mind. Okay. And I do ask him what his name is. The name is Jake's. Jake's Magpie, humble thief, at your service. What were you? Uh, what were you trying to steal? I already told you I ain't saying anything else. Okay. Uh, it's just gonna be a. And there's nothing you can do to coax any more information out of me. So don't even try to. Uh, okay. It's just gonna be a long day, and I got nothing else to do. Okay. Uh, so you guys get through your shifts. Captain, I think we're going to go under if we don't uh, get some more help down there. Yeah. Uh, Scram, you get, you get like, halfway halfway through your, your shift, and you're, when you realize, like, this water wasn't way steep when I started. It was, like, shindy. You just can't pump it. And that's when... Somebody's going to get deep. That's when uh, Mr. Plug uh, comes to check on you. And he just, kind of, he just scowls and he says... What have you been doing down here? <laughs> Plotting to kill you. <laughs> you hear Jake's going, Shh. Uh, I don't care. And he sounds back up, and a couple minutes later, uh, another pirate comes down. He looks at you like, oh, You're going to get it later. And he rolls up his sleeves, and he starts, he starts pumping water out of the bilges. You feel kind of useless. Uh, okay, I still try to continue to pump water, but... There's a there's a spare pump, so you, uh, 
You do what you can, but set it up backwards through the pumping water. Right? <laughs> <laughs> As he's trying to pump it up. <laughs> You gotta flip the switch. You see, <laughs> like that's a problem. So eventually, sun sun starts to set, and everyone is called above deck or down onto the main deck if you're in the rigging. And the part of the day known as bloody hour begins. Uh. Mister Plug steps up and he and he says, uh, "All right, Master Scourge, you'll dole out the punishments." And the scrawny man with the golden teeth says, mm-hmm, "Well." We had a we had a very full bilge today from from one of our new recruits. He just couldn't hack it. So scram and you come up to the whipping post. Uh, as you walk by, I go. Remember what I told you? You bought that guy a drink or tried to. Scram wincing and I, I I'm much better at the. If you put me on the sieges, I can clean them really good. <laughs> so, Master Scourge says, "No, you're not going. You're not going to be in charge of the cannons." <laughs> and he ties you down to the whipping post. And he Scram's you, on like a flip out mode, like but trying to keep it as quiet as possible. And he gives you one lash for nine non-lethal damage. Oh, oh shit. no! I'm sorry, six non-lethal damage. It's a D3, and I rolled it. D6, I forgot to cut in half. And then he gives you another lash for five numbers. I'm, I'm passed out from the band. So he's about to wind up for a third, and he sees that you're unconscious. He's and he turn. Uh, a few of the pirates are are jeering or or cheering. Hit him harder! They're like, oh, what a lightweight! And Scourge says, oh, I guess he'll get the third one tomorrow. <laughs> Gonna and, pass out again. <laughs> like, so. Um, can I? I'd like to to speak up there. Okay. Um, I'll take his third. Bad. Make ass. a diplomacy check. Seven. Uh, Mister Plug says you'll take one of your own if you don't keep your mouth shut. I shrug and back off. And he, uh, he turns to Master Scourge and he says, "Okay, go get him." Master Scourge goes below decks and he comes back out with Jake's magpie. Oh no, that's a guy I've never seen before. Jake, the one-eyed snake. <laughs> and. Uh, he's he's unchained, but he then has a rope tied uh, around his wrists, and he's giving you frantic looks. But you're unconscious, so he, so he's so he like he's like looking around the crowd, and he sees where where, and he sees Scram unconscious on the deck. He's like, oh no! <laughs> Thinking and, he's been uh, found out. I was well speculation on my part, but he thinks he's been found out. No, he just seems uh, crestfallen that. The guy that was considering helping him is unconscious. Uh, as the other end of the rope is looped around the keel of the ship. Oh shit! That's a so, part of the ship that's connected to the water. I think so. So the basically, keel is the front of the ship. So basically, exactly. yeah. So basically, the the rope is like wrapped all around, all the way around uh, the, the part, ship the horizontally. Pointing at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the the rope is like hiked back, so it's like around the deck. Like around the hull, and uh, Mr. Plug hoists the rope, and Jake's is lurched overboard from the other side, and he is just pulling on that rope. It looks like he's like really taking his time, but you can see in his face the relish 
that he's pulling, and you can kind of you can like feel the vibrations as Jake's is. Uh, you can feel it, Jake's like scraping along the bottom of the hull, and you can like see it in the the grating of uh, Mister Plug's hands as uh, he's pulling the rope across. And finally, he gets to the end, and Jake's comes up the other side, mangled, bloody, and dead. Oh! Uh, anyone who is close enough to get a good look and wants to can make a heel check. I'll take a look. <laughs> Two, seven. Yep, that's dead, all right. That poor bastard. Manny, you can see that in game mechanics. He looks like he took about 24 points of damage, and he also drowned. So there's like a moment of silence as everyone appreciates the 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 level of uh, gore to this scene, and then Master Scourge says, "All right, so who wants some rum?" <laughs> and uh, some rum is uh, brought on the main deck, and every, and uh, Master Scourge is handing rum out to everybody. Uh, I'm totally stoked on this. I haven't had a drop all day. <laughs> um. I'm just recalling what happened yeah, the last I'm time he gave us rum. Yeah, exactly, I'm not drinking that. <laughs> if uh, so, Master Scourge goes to hand Manny rum, and you I sh- take the glass. Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll, t- I'll take the glass or the mug, whatever it is. All right. Um, the fine china on the pirate ship. Uh, so, what do you guys do with it once you get it? I drink it heartily. Um, does okay. he like? tap it, like, right out of a cask right in front of us, or out of a bottle or something? Yeah, it's, like, in a big barrel, and it's it's tapped right in front of you, and it just pours out. Alright. I'll wait for him to take a drink, yep. and then I'll, like, make, like, a fake, like, I'm toasting to him, and, and chug it down. You drink it? Um, Does he drink after, it? After I see him drink it, I'll kind of be like... Who's him? Uh, Scourge. Oh, okay. I want to see Plug. Plug. Oh, neither of them are drinking. But you do see the other shipmates... Yeah, like this. This seems to be like like end of day, like yabba dabba do, like time to relax, time, and a bunch of them are drinking and just yeah. kind of. Well, in that case, I'll, g- I'll give it a sip first and see if I get that familiar taste of, of nutmeg and roofies. <laughs> you don't detect anything. All right. Yeah. All right. I'll nurse it for a while, but I'll drink it. All right. I don't drink it. All right. Uh, you're gonna need to give me a stealth check to like dip it overboard or. Like, Splash it on the deck or something. Yeah, without being seen. Because you, you do see... Nine. Huh? Nine. Into the mic. So you, you spill your rum when you when you think nobody's looking. But little did you know that Mr. Plug was standing right behind you. Oh, <laughs> shit. And he says, Swabs drink their rum. And he forces another glass in, in front of you. And he says, Drink it. And he's just staring you down. He waits for you to swallow. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> Good boy. Uh, so everybody who drank their rum... Does uh, he walk away? Yeah. I more cautiously this time, because I'm <laughs> at the edge, stick a finger down my throat puke it up. More cautiously. Okay. I don't know how... I, guess, I mean, I guess you do it. So, I need Helmet and Devoth to give me fortitude saves, please. Who drank the rum? Eleven. Eight. So you each take... One con damage. Oh. But, bear in mind, eight hours of rest recovers one ability point damage in each score. Uh-huh. So you're not... You know, you'll be fine tomorrow, assuming you get a full night's sleep. Right. Uh, and you also take four a four penalty to your wisdom score for one hour. Okay. But, you have a 
plus three alchemical bonus to your charisma. <laughs> and you're also fatigued for one hour. Oh, boy. I'm about to make some bad decisions. Scram. You're healed of ten points of damage. Uh, Scram uh, wakes up. And you're full. And uh, nearly full. No, because what you took was completely non-lethal. Oh, okay. You wake up and you feel pretty much good as new. And you see a young woman, but not the... Yes, you see the young woman who was dancing in the bar. And she's kneeling over you. And she just smiles softly, and she says, Are you okay? I don't know if I can handle the post again, but yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Don't don't make a big deal about being awake. Master Scourge might try to give you your last lash for the day. You'll have to take it tomorrow, though. Scram is heavily contemplating, uh... Jumping overboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or just taking it. He He just stays down. She, like, rolls her eyes a little bit. She says, well, you can get up. And she, she offers you a hand. Scram gets up. She says, my name's Sandara Quinn. And I saw you at the bar the other night. Did you drink the rum as well? I, I did. I shouldn't have drank anything that Master Scum offered me. Did you know him before this? No, I didn't. I'll tell you one thing I do know. If she if she's plotting to murder this guy, <laughs> I don't even know the last he, guy. Just every died. time, every time scrams by himself, he meets one single person with plots of mutiny who die without him knowing. Like immediately after, <laughs> so he has no idea Jinx is dead. <laughs> she says, "I'll tell you what I do now. As long as we're on this ship, we have to make friends." we don't, we're all sitting ducks. Strength in numbers. Can I call you a friend? You can. Uh, can I ask what you are? She says, I, I pray to the goddess Besmara, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> any, anyone who grew up in the shackles or spent any time as a pirate would know that Besmara is the, the goddess of piracy and sea monsters. Very commonly worshipped in this area. She, she points to, uh, the half-orc who's uh, heartily drinking his grog and looks like he's having a, a grand old time. And to the, the guy with the helmet and the other guy puking overboard. She says, are they friends of yours? Uh, I haven't fully met them yet. Do you know them? I don't know them, but they all seem like the good people. Could you could you round them up and have them meet me below decks? And flicks around for a second. Five minutes. Uh, Scram pauses for a second, but he was just done a favor, so he'll do it. Just being super, like, careful. She gives you a smile and mills about. I, I tap on, uh, the masked helmet first. Oh, uh, his shoulder. Helmet. Hey, buddy, you didn't look so good a couple minutes ago. What's up? Uh, you look a lot better now. What happened to you? You drank some of the rum? Yeah. <laughs> I sense. got, I got whipped. Oh, I saw he, everyone. So, oh my god! And then that other guy died. Holy crap! This who, is news who, to you. Who died? I don't know. Some guy named Magpie or Mag Magdalene Pie. His last name is Pie something. Uh, Jake. Apple Jake, Pie. Uh, Jake. His last words were, <laughs> were: "Tell Scram the time is now." <laughs> <laughs> now or never. Uh, pie till you die. I don't. I don't know. But you he, mean he is definitely dead. You look over and you see 
the warped and bloody body of Jake's magpie. The face barely recognizable as the man you saw below deck. As you watch, (laughs) Master Scourge and one of the other pirates are like, like they hoist him up and they just throw him overboard. Okay. And now you don't look so good. Now it looks like you've seen a ghost. You feel okay? You're up and down. You're all over the place. Did you have a moment with him? (laughs) (laughs) I just saw him downstairs. But, uh... In, well, the, in the Briggs. You should have uh, seen him overboard, because that's where he goes. Yes, we all know where he's at. I believe that we should uh, meet down below deck. Uh, what? Why? There's, uh, somebody wants to meet with us, and I'm the gonna... captain? No. no, you can't meet with the captain. He says you're all promoted. <laughs> <laughs> that's my angle. <laughs> I'm thinking someone important wants to meet me. At first I was like, this is retarded. But now, if someone important wants to meet me, maybe I can be sweet. I since I don't want to like stay too long in conversation, I go meet below deck if you wish. Uh, but I don't wish unless it's good for me. Is it going to be good for me? Supposedly, good for all of us. Hopefully, and then I leave on that note. Okay. Uh, I then go up to um, I go to Manny and I pretty much say the same exact thing and then. I'm not going down there. I, and I just you, way you to speak for Manny. To be a good judge character. I, I say the same exact thing. I just and I just leave because I don't want to hold the. I don't want to hold conversation. All right. Do I see him going around talking to other people? Probably. Like I watch as you go on to the next person. Yeah, I'm, that was like really weird. I'm like paying yeah. attention to you now. And then I go below deck. You're just gonna ignore me. Oh uh, no no! I said no, no. I, I said I would go. Uh, I said I would go you up. You offered to, uh, to take a lashing for him, and he ignored you. <laughs> did it hear that? To be yeah. fair, he was out cold. <laughs> to be fair, and and to be fair, you're not getting out. Of, you're not getting out of this without role playing with me here. Yes, Scram. Yes, Scram. Okay. Why don't you? I <laughs> go up to the man who was uh, boasting before about his uh, heroics. Good. So, uh, I, I am drunk off my ass. I go, hey, little man, it's good to see you moving. I don't feel that good. Uh, I, I would think not after that. There's a, I would like to have a word with you downstairs, if you don't mind. Downstairs? All right. Why not? I'm not doing anything up here. I, the I company's probably I, better. I put a hand on Gigantor's <laughs> wrist. Oh my god. And don't don't go down below with him. Why not? Uh he seems like a nice guy. Maybe nice, but I if you want to talk I to start walking down. away. I do not want to be Look, part of that. He's scene. just walking away. He he doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, he's a nice guy. Give him benefit of doubt. Oh, I, I'm going downstairs. You should come with. No. Uh, he lost benefit of doubt when he tried to buy the man a drink who just whipped him into unconsciousness. Well, to be fair, the man had just bought everyone a drink. He had bought some to goodwill. To be fair, he had just tried to molest a woman, and then he tried to buy her. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I think he did. He was, like, hitting on the woman, but he wasn't... He hadn't quite molested her yet. <laughs> that was down the pipe. Yeah, yeah the molest, the molestation was when I stepped in it and we blacked out. It all got shoved together because I got roofied, alright? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. You never just open with molesting. <laughs> kind of massage it a bit first. <laughs> you have to be sexually assaulted. He, he was being embarrassed, and then I kind of offered my, I offered a drink to him. Either way, he had no way of knowing. He was just repaying a favor with a favor. 
And now I'm doing him a favor, so he owes me one later. I stumble off downstairs. Alright. So well, everyone goes downstairs and moves the plot forward except for Nick. So. Nope. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and not go forward. Er, my plan is... I know what the the old uh, chef, my, my friend there, said. That the ship has ears. And mm-hmm. I'm drunk and I'm curious. But I'm still careful and a good boy. In a mask. <laughs> In a helmet. But not a mask. So just the helmet. So what do you do? So I kind of like... Stand at the get... top of the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, essentially. I mean, not so obvious, but I like kind of like, oh, like, I'm, I'm not like trying to listen the ship has ears and all that stuff. That's kind of... Yeah. Like, I could be the ship trying yes. to have ears. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not going to go down there and just be like, just... hey guys. <laughs> just picturing you like... Trying to be like the a ship. Bobbing around bad. deck. Yeah, not that bad, but... I mean, I'm a guy with a helmet on, so I stand out like a sore thumb. So, if I'm not, like, visible, someone could be like, where's that guy with that fucking helmet? So I try to be, like, cool Visible at all times. Yeah. Alright, so... Scram and Devoth go downstairs. <laughs> if uh, I hear anything tasty, I can be like go to the, sh- the chef's part, and that can be an excuse for me. Okay. You know? So, give me a perception check. Helmet. Eight. Your helmet's a little too well insulated, you can't hear anything. Alright, so, Scram and Devoth go below deck. As cool as this ship model is, it's not quite as big as the Wormwood. The Wormwood right. has an extra level to it. So here's the basic layout of the, of the Wormwood. Okay. So, Basically, what you guys are looking at right now, you got the main deck, right? Neck, uh, kind of behind the main mast is this like big, like grandfather ass clock. Okay. Uh, it's got like, uh, and it's got this like carving on the top of it of this whale with like, it's just like these writhing worms coming out of it. And then you got the the stern castle uh, up front and the aft castle in the back, and you go below decks by entering. Either the stern castle or the aft castle. The aft castle is the captain's quarters going in that door. Okay. Uh, so you get below decks by going into the stern castle. And for anyone who's not up to their scratch with uh, nautical terms, stern means front, aft means back, port means left. That's easy to remember because it's got the same number of letters as left. Hmm. And starboard is right. That's easy to remember because it's the one that's not left. Yay, Joe. Yep. That just solved all of my issues trying to remember that. Huh? And the yard dog. Yeah, we did it. And the, the yard is uh, the planks of wood parallel to the ship that are up on the mast holding the sails. Mm. And the yard arm is basically like to, like to the ends. Like, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure I got that right. So in in the bow castle is, the, is like the officer's quarters. Oh. For... Any of the regular crew to get below deck, you need to lift a grate on the main deck and climb down like a rope ladder. And immediately down there are your quarters. There's hammocks uh, hanging all over the place. You can then go down again, and that's like the lower hold. That's where the kitchens are. Uh, Cargo hold. Yeah. All that good stuff. So... So I wouldn't be able to say, oops, I was just trying to get something from the kitchen in one of the officers' there. You know, quarters. Cool. Right, yeah, if you found yourself in the officers' quarters, right. you need a pretty darn good excuse. Okay. 
Um, okay, so Scram and Devoth meet Sandera below decks uh, in the crew's quarters, hammocks everywhere. When just the two of you come down, Sandera says, where are the other two? Uh, I, I didn't want to make too much of a scene, so I kind of left it up to choice. They're skeptical pussies. She kind of, her shoulder kind of droops, and she rolls her eyes, and she says, You tell me what you need to say. I will convince them tomorrow. She says, No. To, to survive on a ship, you need to be assertive. You need to have backbone. She, like, pokes you in the chest a little bit. She says, I'll be right back. And she climbs back up on the main deck, and she immediately bumps into the masked helmet. She says, Hey, I need to tell you something below deck. Oh. Maybe, oh. maybe down there in a minute. Okay. Uh, while she's gone, I'm climbing into a hammock. Just okay. <laughs> lay down. Okay. Manny, the young woman that you saw at the bar, approaches you. And she says, Hey, are you busy? No. I need to tell you something below deck. Why below deck? Because I don't want a big crowd of people listening. Okay. And she turns around and goes back below deck. Do either of you go below deck? I follow. Yeah, I do. <clears throat> I think she probably wants to give me something, you know, tasty. Like bilge water. <laughs> Hopefully not that. She says, so, I wanted to talk to you all because sort of lost my British accent. I wanted to talk to you all because, well, like the rest of you, I was forced onto this crew against my will. And it's a scary place being on a, a pirate ship and you don't have any friends. What is with you people and wanting friends so bad? Um, I, I'll probably... Have you ever worked on a pirate ship? Not a, pi- not a pirate ship. When forced into service like this, it's like being a wolf. The one by himself always dies. The one with the pack survive. Be part of the pack. He's right. Never if you been, don't have someone... one to be part of the pack. Then be alone and die. But I want to hear what the little pretty girl has to say. She kind of blushes a little bit. Bats your compliment away sheepishly. <laughs> she says... He's he's right, though. If you don't have someone watching your back on a ship like this, piss off the wrong person. It doesn't take a clever pirate to accidentally push you off, off deck. You'll drown at sea because you didn't have someone to give you a heads up. Stay and listen if you want, but if you'd rather go th- throw up off the deck, be my guest. <laughs> Man, he got seasick. <laughs> Yeah, can't I can't take the sea. Maybe this will. You picked the wrong job, friend. Career dilemma I've been battling with for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> she says, uh, and another thing, I was able to. You all, you all noticed that uh, she's. You know, you guys are like basically down to your like, you know, like a like a down to an, helmets, an, an undershirt <laughs> and like, you know, your pants. But you'll notice that. Sandera's got, like, she's got, like, her, her jacket on, and she's got a tricorn hat, and she's got, a, like, a, she, like, takes out a pipe, and she starts to light it, and you realize, like, she has all of her shit with her. She says, I found out where they're keeping, where they're keeping all of our stuff, and I was able to recover some of your equipment, but that was it. And she, uh, I'll, I'll, like, flop out of the hammock. Chip? Did you get Chip? I don't know what Chip is. Uh, she takes out a, a tiny pouch with a drawstring, and she uh, and Scram. You immediately recognize your spell component pouch. She I, says, "But I, I no, believe this is one of mine. yours." She tosses it to you, and then she uh, she takes out two uh, two daggers, 
and she just kind of hands them out to for someone to take. I take one. Yeah, I'll grab one. And she says, all of our equipment's being held by the quartermaster, Cutthroat Grok. She's a half-orc like you. <laughs> Another halfy, eh? She, indeed. She's a very superstitious one. And I managed to convince her that all of my all of my belongings were, were blessed by Besmara, and anyone who stole them would be cursed. <laughs> Are they? The same lie might not work more than once, but now you know where, where to find it. She's down on the lowest deck near the kitchens. Helmet, you remember uh, uh, when you were having your bull session with Krupp that a couple times uh, a half-orc, a female half-orc came in and like had a, a couple drinks and then left nice. a few times. So you know who she's talking about. Super. She says, well, I know I'm bushed. I don't know about you. I guess I'll hit the sack and do it all again tomorrow. Okay. Just out of curiosity, why did you think that we were trustworthy? Yeah. What makes you think I won't go up and just tell Mr. Buttplug what's going on right now? How do you call him Buttplug? That's his yeah, You called him Buttplug. What the <laughs> hell are you going to do? <laughs> she she grins at your at your play on words, and she shrugs and says, Well, you, you were all press-ganged with me, but if anyone is uh, literally in the same boat as me, it'd be you. <laughs> I get it. I just have to have a little faith that you need me as much as I need you. I turn around and I start to climb back up the rope. I turn around and I go, listen, if you're going to watch my back, you're going to have to be a lot smarter than that. Climb back up. What the fuck did he mean by that? I don't know, but I should be going. Yeah, I don't know, but I've got stories to tell. I go back up on deck. All right, Scram? Scram kind (coughs) of gets into a hammock. Okay. All right, and that's uh, that's the end of your first your first day as a pirate. Jeez, feels good. I feel like I got the best job. All right, thanks for tuning in, everyone, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. See ya. See ya. See ya. See ya.